If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow the money. the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Draft your lineup to win cold hard cash, then chill. Play the fantasy baseball throwdown presented by Coors Light for free at DraftKings. Draft a winning lineup for your shot at a share of five thousand in cash prizes. DraftKings.com/slash Coors Light Rockies to join the action. Coors Light, perfect shot of refreshment. Twenty-one only. Drink responsibly. DraftKings.com for details. The goat Nigel Seeley at Seeley underscore Nigel on Twitter. Go across the pond. Champions League quarterfinals the next two days, and we got Liverpool and Man City in action today. Big prices, and he joins us now to talk about some props and, and matches that he likes. He's at in front of Jolly's Coopers at the, the pub. He's going to drink his uh, lunch today. How you doing, mate? Uh, very well. There is the Jolly Coopers uh, in Epsom Town, in uh, on the, about 10 miles outside London, in the Surrey Hills. Very picturesque, very quiet, nice country pub. Sure. I'm with my son. Dog for walking having a nice couple of Peronis today. No Stella. Okay, very good. What's the weather like? It's not bad. It's about fifteen degrees. It's quite it's quite overcast as you can see, but above me, but uh, quite pleasant and no rain as yet. Not yeah, nice nice spring day. Okay, big favorites here. I mean, the, again, the to advance Liverpool fifteen hundred, Man City four fifty range against Atletico Madrid. Uh, well, how about an angle here in the Liverpool match, or maybe both of the matches today, because these teams meet Sunday in the pivotal clash in the in the Premier League? I think that's a very important factor if you're betting these games. I think they'll both win because they've both got big enough squads to be able to rest players for that big game. But I think the priority is definitely the match at the weekend rather than this match, uh, both matches this evening. Um, I think with Liverpool, it's quite interesting because Liverpool games, everyone talks about how good they are going forward. They're offensive three. 
But defensively, Liverpool are getting better and better each week. Uh, the last six matches, under two and a half goals has cashed. Five of the last six matches, they've kept the clean sheet. They've kept the shutout. And I think they'll go here and do a very, very professional job. I think Liverpool will win tonight, but not by the, the levels you would expect. The last time they went to Port uh, Portugal, they won five uh, one uh, in 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 against uh, the leaders Porto. And um, I, I, you know, Benfica are third in their domestic table. Liverpool have got goals in them, but I don't think they need to go all out for the win uh, to, to, to the to score the goals they do. I I was really surprised to see under two and a half goals at plus one thirty. I thought that would probably be around about plus one oh five. I've actually bet the under two and a half goals tonight because of that game at the weekend. Okay. I think that will be really happy with a one or two nil, keep everyone fit and get back for the big game at Manchester City on uh, the weekend in the Premier League. How about City and Atletico Madrid total of two and a half? Well, that could be another one that could be quite low as well, given the same argument that Manchester City have a match against uh, Liverpool at the weekend. The one thing about Atletico Madrid over the years is that they've always been very defensively strong. Uh, they've probably been had the best defensive unit in European football. But this year, they're a little bit more, bit more attack-minded, and they conceded a lot more goals than they have in recent years. But if, if Atletico Madrid go to Manchester and try to go toe-to-toe with Manchester City, it's going to be a, a disaster for them because Man City will play them off the park. I think what they're going to do here is they're going to come to try and frustrate Manchester City, uh, get in their faces, get niggly, get a lot of free kicks, you know, play the clock. I think it'll be a really, really typical the only performance. Man City will have too many, too much guns though. They'll have too much quality. They'll have a lot of possession and they'll break them down. But again, I'm leaning towards the under two and a half goals. Not as strong as the game with uh, with Liverpool. But I think Man City will win here and I don't think they concede. I think, you know, if you're looking at the low odds that you are on Manchester City to win or to progress, I think you're much better off to get Manchester City to win to nil tonight. Mm. Um, I think it'll be another one, two nil job done. Uh, the tie will not be over for the second leg. And if Atletico can come away with a 1-0 defeat and take them back to the Spanish capital next week, they'll feel as though they've got a fight chance. But one thing you will expect with Atletico Madrid is they're going to make it difficult. They're going to be in your face. They're going to be frustrating. And they're going to try to make it very hard for Man City. But Man City have quality from all over the pitch. Uh, and I think they'll, they'll finally break through. But the lean for this one is under two and a half goals. My official play, though, on the two matches tonight is under two and a half goals in that Liverpool game. I, I can't believe the price at 130, given okay. that they play uh, against Liverpool, uh, the week, uh, Manchester City play Liverpool at the weekend. Well, Nigel, you kind of led me right into my next question then, and that is you brought up the win-to-nil scenario with City. There's a boost today, Paulie, at Bet Rivers, is that correct? Yeah. On both these teams on a parlay, Liverpool and City to win-to-nil. Is that something that you would fancy a bet on, mate? Oh, without shadow. Without that, that that's... that's uh, well, if they boosted up, I, I need to speak to them, to the marketing team, after this call and say, "What are you doing? You're giving, you're giving too much value away to those betters in America." Um, <laughs> that is that. That's definitely that's definitely a bet. I really do like that. Um, I, you know, it, I'm looking at the, also doing just a couple of correct score parlays: oh, one oh. nil, one nil, two nil, two nil, and do a little double on the two of them if you get one nil or two nil either way. That's the kind of game I expect. So that brings in the low scoring ability. I don't think that Atletico Madrid will score, and I certainly don't think Benfica will score. I mean, Liverpool have gone away to Milan, they've gone away to Atletico Madrid, they've gone away to AC Milan and won on the road. I don't think they're going to have too many problems against Benfica, especially when they played uh, Portuguese opposition earlier in the competition and won 5-1 in Portugal. But given that game at the weekend, everything changes. If we get to mm. 60 minutes, 
in this game. And Liverpool and Manchester City are 1-0 up or 2-0 up. They will rest all their key players for the weekend game because effectively the tie will be over. How about Wednesday? Chelsea drubbed by Brentford over the weekend, 4-1. They play Real Madrid, total of 2 and a half. You've been all over these Chelsea unders since they had the new manager and Bayern Munich, 7.50 to advance. They're $1.75 against Villarreal, also a total of three. I think the Chelsea game is the most difficult one to actually call because you, you, you want you, as a, as a capper, you need to really look at how much you value that 4-1 defeat at the weekend by Brentford. Do you look at it as, as a fluke result or do you look at it as a, as a start of a downturn at Chelsea? Um, I mean, I've, I've absolutely faded Chelsea since the news of Roman Abramovich's sanctions, and, I, and I've mm-hmm. opposed them every single week. The first time I got with them was at the weekend against Brentford, and I lost. So I can't call Chelsea. I, it's one of those sides that I really can't call at the moment. Real Madrid come here with, a, with an added incentive because their manager, Carlo Ancelotti, was the former manager at Chelsea. So they, they've got something to prove. Real Madrid are the, are the cup kings in Europe. No club in European history has won more cups than Real Madrid. And I think they'll think it's a great time to come to London and face Chelsea with Chelsea having these problems. I'm, I'm leaning towards Real Madrid in the tie. Um, I, I, I'm a believer that what is happening at Chelsea at the weekend isn't a fluke. I think that the, the wins they had prior to that, were, were they, were, they were overachieving. The manager has had problems. He's, had, he's going through a divorce, which, which he's mentioned uh, last week. He's come mm. out in public for the first time. What's going on at the club and that happening as well? I think it's a great time for Real Madrid to face them. I like Real Madrid here plus a half, um, which means we get the draw as well, around about minus 120. I, I want to take Chelsea off the game. I think they're even money for the win. I, think it's, it's a, I, I know they're the champions of Europe, and I know they beat Real Madrid last year uh, in the semi-final stage, but I just feel it's the right time to play them. And I think Real Madrid here on the back of a good win, uh, they've got the league title more or less wrapped up in Spain, so they're going to throw everything at this competition. I like I like Real Madrid plus a half. Only a lean, nothing really too official. In the other game, it's all about goals. I mean, Bayern Munich just scored shed loads of goals week in and week out. Villarreal, very, very attack-minded. Scored three goals against Juventus in a shock win. He scored three goals against Atalanta as well, which got them into the stage. So they're, they're, they know how to counter-attack. They've got goals in them. And the one thing, however good... Bayern Munich are going forward, and they're probably the best in the competition as, as far as I'm concerned from their attacking ability and their goal-scoring threat. They're very suspect defensively. In the last 11 games they've played, they've conceded in nine, um, and they always concede against sort of lower opposition, even in Germany. They have got defensive frailties. So I think out of all the games uh, that we've spoken about in the quarterfinal, the Villarreal Bayern Munich game, however unattractive it might look, from a betting perspective, I think it will be the most entertaining watch. I really like both teams to score here. I think it's a cracking wager. I know it's going to be very low, but Bayern Munich, as I say, just concede. And Villarreal will have to attack because they've got to go mm. to Munich in the second leg, something to play for. And also, I like the overs. And instead of over two and a half, I, I could possibly go over three and a half in this game for get a bit of plus money rather than take the minus heavy minus on two and, on two and a half. Mm. So I think there's goals in that game. I think that uh, Chelsea-Real uh, Madrid is the toughest one to call, but a slight length for Real Madrid. But tonight, I love that bet to win to nil parlay with Bet Rivers. And um, my strongest play would be plus 30 or plus 125 on under two and a half goals. And if you, if you don't want to play them and you want a bit of uh, an interest on it, and with a high, higher odds, bet one nil, two nil in both of the games involved with the English clubs tonight. Is the, is the nil-nil detector out in Burnley-Everton tomorrow? Do you know what? I don't think it's a good enough. I think it's a. I don't think it would be. 
it's a good result for Everton. It's certainly not a good result for Burnley. I think given the way that Everton are on the road this season, Burnley playing in the cup final, I think you've got to fancy Burnley to get something. I agree with Unders. I think Unders could definitely be a case because Everton just aren't scoring goals. But it's, 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 it's the biggest game in Burnley's Premier League history uh, tomorrow. And with Everton, the way their confidence is at the moment, and they have the worst road record in the Premier League, I'd be leaning towards Burnley because out of these two sides, both of the sets of supporters and sets of players and management, Burnley would have expected to be in this position they find themselves in at the start of the season. If they finished fourth from bottom, they, they, they would have been hardened. They've been in relegation campaigns over the years in the Premier League. Everton would have been expected to be eighth or ninth. And it's, um, it's all about squeaky button for me. And I don't think Everton have, have got it in them. Great job, Nigel. Hi, mate. Enjoy the matches. Have a, have a Peroni on us, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. All the best, guys. There you go. You will. Nigel Seeley at Seeley underscore Nigel on Twitter and with Bet Rivers. Yeah, makes sense tonight with those unders. Win, get out of there, You're get correct. ready for Sunday. Yep. Now, imagine if you can, if that would come in and if you would parlay that, like City to win 1-0 or 2-0 with Liverpool to win, same score. The doubles, yeah. And he nails that. That's strong. Good, good. A lot of plays too. A little pizza money on that stuff, maybe. And that's uh, almost four to one at Bet Rivers, by the way. The house special today. Okay, that they have up there. Up next, little Major League Baseball as we have opening day coming up on Thursday. Some win totals to look at. Uh, I would suggest that you always shop around for the best price. I couldn't believe what number I found on this abomination of a team over the weekend, and I was told yesterday a better number was actually available. I, I don't know how they go over. I'll run it down for you coming up next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life— 
We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSEN, the sports betting network. Opening day and the opening round of the Masters are the same day. So the first week of April here will be jam-packed with betting intel from our experts. We're going to have a breakdown of every golfer in the field, plus features and future bets and matchups from long shots. Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, and Matt Eumann sign up today and get full access to VSEN through the start of the baseball season, the Masters and the NFL Draft for only 19 bucks at vcin.com slash draft. Okay, so shopping for some Major League Baseball win totals over the weekend, I was pleasantly surprised after the Oakland A's traded yet another one of their key parts, Sean Manaya, to the San Diego Padres. So the dumpster fire of a season is in full effect right now, and they've gotten rid of all, almost all of their best players, um, Bob Melvin is lo- no longer the manager. Mark Kotze is the manager for the A's. So I, I happen to find under 70 and a half minus 135. That's the best I could do. Other books had 68, 60 and a half, maybe even a 69 out there. And uh, I fired away on that. And I was told yesterday from somebody who I was talking to about this bet, they found under 70 and a half minus 120 out there and available. Nothing is a lock. Obviously, that word should never ever be thrown around. And uh, this is a you know, sad. This is a team that overachieves almost every single year, but they got to prove it to me. Yeah. Mike Palm said earlier this week, I believe it was on his show, the win total should be fifty-eight, not sixty-eight. They're that bad. Like their their lineup and uh, the payroll or lack thereof. Oh, the payroll. You can't have guys. You can't have players making more than an entire team. Uh, it's like, okay, we're moving to Vegas. So this is, uh, we're going to get rid of everybody. 
and, yeah. and not try. Here's the tweet the, from John Heyman. Oh, this is bad. I mean, this this puts it this in perspective. So okay, look, you want to bring okay. this one here first? Bob, Bob Nightingale, Nightingale first. Yep. Current players will be making more money this year than the entire A's roster and payroll. Scherzer with the Mets. Uh, Seager, you got that wrong. Rendon. Cole. Correa. The Heyman tweet. The A's had the highest payroll in baseball in 1991. It was $33 million that year. It's the same number today. Oh, that is so sad. Oh, God. And the dynasty. The Bash brothers. They were awesome. They went for it every year. Henderson. I, I McGuire. Don't, I don't Dan want Seiko, to move to Las Vegas. Stewart. I know. They were must-watch. That I mean, when baseball was king, and they were that good, dominating. Good team last year. Traded everybody. Yeah. Got rid of almost oh, every single. And you're yeah. right. That is going to be a horror show. Attendance-wise number. Oh, you might wait. see some four, th- three, four thousands after opening weekend, like oh, right away. Man. Especially if they have some sketchy weather, which they rarely do. But if they would happen to have like a a rainy day, it's like okay, we're going to get the yeah. game, and there might be fifty people there. Yeah, here's their. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm looking at a projected lineup right now. Anthony Kemp leadoff, Elvis Andrus. Okay, nice, you know, career long guy now in the leagues, big leagues. Sean Murphy, number three, the catcher, projected average two twenty seven at one site. Seth Brown, cleanup two twenty five. It's major league. Jed Lowry. Who the hell are these guys? Oh, it's Jed Lowry. Betting fifth. Oh, God. Steven Piscotti, nice ball player. Yeah, right. Three years yeah. ago. Uh, Eric Thames had a nice season with the Brewers like five years ago. Kevin Smith and others to round out. And now you're like projected starters. Uh, Frankie Montas. Okay, he's fine. Into Cole Irvin, Dalton Jeffries, Paul Blackburn, and James Caparelan. Irvin had good ROI numbers last year. He did. But that was... Uh, he did. My, oh, my. If Melvin was still the manager, I would say I want nothing to do with the bet because he's so good and he's proven me wrong many, many times before. Yeah. But this team is trash, and that division should be much improved. Astro's still the class of it, but the Mariners are much... Well, they were good last year. They've added to what they had a, had a year ago. The Angels have some expectations, and the Rangers went out and spent like $500 million. Bad. They're bad. Yep. Incredible response to the William Hill prop, the 0-13 to 13 pool prop with run scored, which right. is very popular on the East Coast. And Gary sent this in. Dodgers at any odds is a horrible play. In 2021, every team except the Dodgers were shut out in April. The Dodgers did not get shut out until June 16th. Uh, see, there you go. As far as scoring exactly 13 runs, they didn't accomplish that until August. The first team to 0-13 and 13 were the Cubs. Cubs were shut out April 6th, scored 13 April 17th. Only two other teams accomplished the 0 and 13 in a game during the first month of the season, the A's and the Blue Jays. Opening day last year, Marlins were shut out, then scored 12 in their next game. Opening day, the Royals scored 14, then got shut out seven days later. This is great. And a point, it really all is. All the notes. and the, the uh, It is staggering how many teams were shut out last year in April. Uh, he's in Maryland, by the way, Gary. But this, yeah, when you go back and look at this and he ran the numbers, this is a great, there's no handicapping involved. It's totally random. Oh, it really is. But you see so many teams, like the best teams are sitting there at the 14 to 1 range and the bad teams are in the 40 to 50 range. Well, but I mean, the zero, the, the, again, whatever they score, cross it off. And whoever crosses off zero through 13 first wins the pool. I think, um, you know, based on the odds, again, and what he said, the handicap is maybe stay away from a team like the Dodgers, though, right? With that lineup, oh, absolutely, and not getting shut out, yeah. and their and their odds, you right. can bet on fixed odds here, and it's 
you know, they're right there at the very top of the list, assuming because people think they're going to get to 10, 11, 12, 13, no problem. That's right. fine. But getting to zero and one, that's going to be a problem. I would have more confidence in the Pirates scoring 12 or 13 than the Dodgers getting shut out. I would too. And this is supposed to be one of the best uh, lineups in history. Mm-hmm. Yes. I found a couple interesting ones. Bet Rivers has this. Who will hit the longest home run this year? Sano, 9 to 1. Otani, Vlad, Stanton, Judge, 10 to 1. Harper, 13. Alvarez and Perez, 15 to 1. Longest home run of the season. Oh, no, that's good. That is. Stanton, maybe? Least, yeah, I would have to go Stanton at 10 to 1. Will someone hit four home runs in a game plus 550? I saw that one. I thought about betting it. Because now, remember, in the National League, DH all year yes, long. Right. So well, that adds now an entire league where you're going to get that extra extra guy batting. And they also aren't testing for steroids, PEDs, rather. Yeah. Will someone hit 50 home runs this year? It's a dollar ten. Lean no? I would lean no. What was the leader last year, your buddy? Or was he 48? 48. Oh, he got that. Was that many? Both, both guys got the 48, wow. yeah. Okay. They went crazy late. Will the team lose 100 games? What's the yes on that? 185. That's happening. I would say yes. That is happening. Uh, actually, I, I want the I want the prop. Will uh, multiple teams when, lose well, 100 I games? Like, okay. Okay. That's good. How about this one? Who will have more wins? Walker Bueller or Rodon? Bueller's $1.40. I noticed that one, too. Hey, <laughs> what? What? I like him a lot. Yeah. Uh, I must. Pre- I like Rodon overall. I think he's a really good pitcher. Yeah, but but the lineup that he's going to have compared to the Dodgers lineup and Rodon a lot of no gets, decisions. Rodon gets hurt. Yes. Yes. Keep that in mind. Yeah. With what Bueller has to do with his lineup. Yeah. Compared, there's going to be a lot of no decisions. I, I thought about betting that one too. I didn't, but Another I thought one. about betting that one. Where are you at with the Mariners? There's a, there's a call up against Robbie Ray too. I saw the I, strikeout I, I like, prop with that. Okay. There's um, also a more wins too. Cole's a dollar fifty. Don't you think the Mariners are going to be good again this year? Well, well, they they also surprised a lot of. Last year was incredible what they did, winning all those games, and now Uh, you brought in some nice pieces. But there's a lot of hype. This rookie, uh, Julio Rodriguez, he made the the team. They announced that I think it was yesterday. He's hitting bombs in spring training. Um, I'll tell you what, that's another crowd to watch. If they're good out of the gates, wait until you see some like. Friday night games or a day game in Seattle, they're going to be, that's like a college atmosphere up there. Mm-hmm. They used to go crazy for King Felix games, and last year they were really into it. Super loud. Fans going nuts. I think they're going to be good. Uh, the Angels, that's the they team I can't, I can't figure out the Angels. Yeah. I think I'm just going to stay away from, I bet Otani well, to win the Cy Young, but in terms of win totals or the division, I, I can't touch them. Well, it could be scary. I mean, he could have, it could be. He could have a better year because he has protection. He was surrounded by bums last year. I know. Now that he has protection and Trout back, and if Trout can stay healthy, and you got Thor, and uh, he made some other moves, you get Rendon. Could be a playoff team. I'm trying to look for our longest home run from last year. Uh, I'll have it by the end of the show. I can't find it quite yet, but I will find out like the top three well, or four guys who did that a year ago. Will someone throw a perfect game? What do you think that is? Uh, there was a huge number on the yes. Was it like 8-1? to one? Plus 650. No, it was plus 650. Yeah. Ah, perfect game. No hitter. What, I, what? What's the prop on no hitters? Like three and a half, four and a half? They didn't do that this year. Oh. I haven't I yet to find it. They uh, William Hill always put that up, but that, they haven't. Uh, they got the, the head-to-head stuff's incredible that they have. More wins. Verlander, Otani. Most runs. Bets against Soto. Strikeouts. Bieber against Burns. Uh, saves. Oh, I might. Well, I, I might Ramon. like Burns there quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. Bieber coming off the injury. 
Uh, although Burns was like a six-inning pitcher a year ago, he did win the Cy Young, but his case per nine are so good. I'd probably look at Burns. Will a pitcher win 20 or more games? Dollar twenty, yes. That's a big ask, too. That's also random. Yeah, okay. You know, Let's see what Russo thinks about that one. Okay. That's another good one. Up next, uh, this is going to be great. Bob Herrig uh, is a terrific golf writer for Sports Illustrated. He also has a new book out on the Tiger and Phil rivalry. Uh, we will get into some of the Tiger props with him. But in his book, he touched on lefties' gambling debts. How bad did it get, or is it right now with Mickelson and the gambling debts? Bob Herrick joins the program coming up next. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Golf season's here. Bet River Sportsbook, your home for hundreds of golf betting options. Hall in one. All week long, place pre-tournament wagers to win money towards free bets when your favorite golfer has a birdie or an eagle. Download the BetRivers Sportsbook app or visit BetRivers.com to take part in the biggest week of golf all year. BetRivers.com for details. Masters week, baby. It's uh, one of the best weeks of the entire year, and we are uh, honored to be joined by Bob Herrig on the program now. Great golf writer at Sports Illustrated. His new book is called Tiger and Phil. Golf's most fascinating rivalry, and it sounds like such a terrific read. And uh, Bob, thanks for the time this morning. We certainly appreciate uh, appreciate that. But I want to go back to, you know, this is the 25th anniversary of Tiger running away with this event, and he just, I mean, right. dominated, took the world over at that point. Everybody was fascinated by it. Um, and then the following year, you wrote about a practice round between Tiger and Phil in 1998 that changed their relationship. What happened? Yeah, you know, I don't know if it changed it. It might have been headed that way anyway, but it sort of epitomizes, you know, just the frostiness between the two. But at the LA Open that year, which was which was played at a different course than normal, um, usually at Riviera, but it was at Valencia, and they uh, they hooked up for a practice round, uh, you know, early in the week, and as it turned out, as is usually the case with Phil, uh, there was some money on the line, and Phil won. He won $500. And Tiger paid him in $100 bills. And I guess Phil wasn't satisfied enough with, you know, just the joy of winning and obviously pocketing some money. He took a picture of the, of the five $100 bills and then wrote a note on it and said, Dear Tiger, these Benjis are very happy in their new home, Phil. And he put it in Tiger's locker. Now, Phil never said if Tiger said anything about that to him, but you could see where that might get under his skin a little bit. And uh, as it turned out, they never played a practice round again together for 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) What's the relationship like today? You know, it, it obviously softened in, in later years, um, you know, when they got older and I think gained some perspective and clearly Tiger gained a lot of respect for Phil as time wore on, it mellowed. You know, they had that match in Vegas in 2018. There was some, you know, meeting of the minds to make that happen. They had collaborated on, on the 16 Ryder Cup. Uh, Tiger was very appreciative of Phil reaching out to him to help him with his chipping when Tiger was having all those woes with his 
back in his game around 2015. And it was surprising, actually, that Tiger told that story a couple of years later. Like, it kind of showed that it meant something to him. And that would have never happened 10 years prior. Mm-hmm. But, you know, right now, I, I have a mm-hmm. feeling there, you know, while it's not as, as, as you know, it's, it's probably not quite as difficult as it had been, I don't think it's great right now. Um, you know, they're on either side of this rival golf issue, rival golf league issue. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I got to believe that Tiger, you know, is not, not real happy with the way that went down with Phil. And I don't think he's probably reaching out with any olive branches over it. You know, Tiger made it clear he was on the side of the PJ tour. Um, and so, you know, I, I would guess that I, I don't know that the relationship is bad. I just don't know that there's a relationship at all. How much damage has he done to his brand? Not at the Masters. DeChambeau reached out. He said he's gone dark. Mickelson isn't resp- responding to text messages and uh, the comments that he's made, and he lost several sponsors as well. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, I, I have to admit, it's um, it's it's way worse than I would have ever imagined. Um, you know, look, what he said was was uh, about the tour was harsh. He, you know, he referred to the tour as having obnoxious greed. Um, he made the comments about the Saudi Arabia government, which was sort of, you know, the words that were not being spoken, but everybody knew. And yet those were the people he was sort of, you know, uh, you know, he was conspiring with, if any is, the, I guess, the word to come up with the rival league. He was sort of helping them come up with their business plan. Uh, so like he kind of attacked both sides and, um, uh, you know, look, Phil had some things that he said about the tour that, that are probably true. Um, but it was completely overshadowed by the negativity and the harshness of it. Um, you know, the tour's been accused for years of not being transparent. Players are always wondering certain things that they don't have answers to. He's probably perfectly fine to bring that up. But when you call a place where you've basically built your legacy over 30 years obnoxiously greedy, that just kind of, you know, there's some irony there. Oh, you know, yeah. Phil built his reputation and his career playing on the PGA Tour. It's where his brand was born and how he was able to secure millions in endorsements. It was just an odd way to go about it, especially at his age when he just won the PGA last year and should be reveling in that victory. Still, to this day, yep. you're reveling in that. You're spot on. It's Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Bob Herrig, the exceptional golf writer at SI, is our guest. His new book is called Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. How deep of a dive did you do into uh, Phil's background with legendary uh, sports better Billy Walters? And to back that up, um, like how bad were the gambling debts or are the gambling be- debts still to this day? Yeah, I the only way I referenced Walters was in relation to the public information that we know about, you know, the 2017 uh, issues he had with, you know, the Securities and Exchange Commission and having to repay that. I, you know, I explained the whole story, how he was, how he was sort of fortunate of the, for the timing of that, because previous to that time, Phil would have been considered, he, he would have got himself in trouble as being the person receiving the tip. You know, and then there was a period where they only went after the person 
make this simple and probably keep it simple for me too. Only going after the people who gave the tip. And Phil was within that window and really kind of got fortunate because he was referred to as a relief defendant, which meant they really weren't going after him. You know, he, he repaid the money with interest, but obviously Billy Walters was furious because he, you know, he went to trial and Phil elected not to, you know, he pled the fifth. Um, it was messy, but I, I did not go beyond that. I, I went more into why that sort of thing might've happened. And I have a bunch of stories about Phil's gambling prowess on the course. And, and, you know, look, we only hear the good stories. So Mm. with gambling, we know that there are typically the bad stories too. And so you can jump to your own conclusions. I don't know what kind of gambling debts Phil had or might have now. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people wondering, is that part of this? You know, why are you... Mm -hmm. Why are you going after the, these multi-millions that the, that the, you know, it's now called the Live Golf uh, Invitational Series, you know, what they're offering? I mean, he was making a lot of money still anyway. So, like, why the need for, for this even, you know, obviously they're talking about huge sums. Uh, so it leads to conjecture that maybe he's got money problems. You know, I don't know for sure, uh, but given, you know, if, if, if there's a story there where he owed Billy Walters a million dollars and you've got to believe that Phil has a million dollars to pay him back, um, it certainly makes you wonder what else is out there. Yeah. Great point. Absolutely. Uh, Bob, we have like 90 seconds left in this segment. I don't know. Does that give you enough time to sum up why the 2004 Ryder Cup was such a disaster? Well, it was a disaster because... Um, you know, and, and in, in, in retrospect, it, it, at the time, it seemed like a good idea. The Tiger and Phil in 2004 were probably at the height of their frostiness. Phil had finally won a major. He contended in all four that year. Tiger didn't contend in any. He had an, a rare off year because he was changing his swing. The last thing Tiger was going to do was put his arm around Phil and help him, even though they were teammates. That's how his mind worked. And, and so what turned into maybe what was thought of as a good idea was a disaster. They lost both their matches, the Ryder Cup, the U.S. got killed, their worst loss ever to that point. And to this day, Hal Sutton, unfortunately, gets a lot of grief. The captain for putting them together, mm-hmm. his intentions were really good. And obviously, if they played better, he looks like a hero. Yep, you're spot on. Uh, great stuff from Bob Herrig. Uh, he is kind enough to stick around for a second segment. Follow him on Twitter. He is at Bob Herrig, dynamite golf writer for Sports Illustrated. More of him coming up next. The name of the book, Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. Now, that's mostly the Phil side. We'll get to the Tiger side coming up next. An incredible anecdote in 2002 when Tiger lost by stroke to Rich Beam is in the book. And uh, what Wood said after he lost, you can't, you got to, you have to stick around to hear that segment or that uh, sentence, I should say. And also Bob's thoughts on Tiger's props this week that you can find here at Circus Sports and other sports books. Coming up next year and follow the money. It's VCMD Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Opening day in the opening round of the Masters the same day, the first week of April, will be jam-packed with betting intel from our experts. You get the breakdown of every golfer in the field, plus future bets and matchups from the Long Shots crew, Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, and Matt Humans. Sign up today, get full access to VEASAN through the start of the baseball season. The Masters in the NFL draft for only $19 at VEASAN.com. 
slash draft. Another segment with Bob Herrick, Sports Illustrated, golf's most fascinating rivalry, Tiger and Phil. You followed him around? It also coincides with the 25th anniversary of his first Masters win in 97, which we'll get to in a second. But do you? how does Tiger look, and do you think he's going to play? I think he's gone through too much at this point to not play. Um, the, the, the only reason he wouldn't now is if there's some setback, you know, maybe like the thing swells up so bad or he tweaks it or something. But, um, you know, I just can't believe that you come up here last week, you go home, you come up Sunday, play nine holes, play nine holes Monday, good practice session before went to the putting green after, um, he's supposed to meet with the media today, later this morning. Um, supposed to be a bad weather day today so he, it sounds like he might just uh hit some balls looking at another nine holes tomorrow um as far as how he looked his game looks good you know if you could just plop him down at the ball and let him hit the ball and then plop him down at the next one and <laughs> on the green i think he'd be fine you know but of course there's so much more to it than that and you know, people think, oh, what's the big deal? It's golf. It's walking. Well, that's the problem. It's walking, a lot of walking, five miles a day, up and down hills. You know, you walk, you watch him walk even down a hill and how sort of cautious he is, you know, very gingerly walking. Um, and you got to believe by the end of the day, he's pretty spent. Um, you know, the other thing people forget is it's not just the walk, it's you're standing around the first two rounds of the masters. The, the rounds are five and a half hours. So you consider that if he gets there an hour before hits balls, putts, goes to the first tee, there's not much sitting, you know, I mean, you know, there's a few benches out there. Maybe if there's a weight on a tee, he'd sit down, but there's not a whole lot. So you're on your feet for, you know, what close mm. to seven hours. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. not just, it's not just the, you know, the hitting the shots and the walking, it's standing even, you know? And so it's going to be really interesting because, because obviously I don't think he would have come if he felt his game was bad. Like if he was only hitting at 265 off the tee and oh, you're right. wasn't hitting his iron solid, no chance. But I think the Fred couple said he looked phenomenal. He played with him yesterday. Right. And, uh, you know, I can't believe he'd say that if he didn't feel it. He's plus money to make the cut. And his finishing position is 57 and a half. What do you think about those two props? Yeah, you know, that's interesting to me about the 57, um, you know, finishing, because that means basically last place. You know, so in other words, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of confidence in him making the cut. Um, and then even if he does, they don't expect him to, to, to climb the leaderboard. I have to admit, I'm a little, I'm a little iffy on this because, because just not having played in, you know, what is it, 17 months, you know, a, a real tournament, mm -hmm. since the 2020 Masters in November. Right. Um, it's a long time to not have competed against these guys who do this all the time. So I can, I can understand the, the, um, the hesitation on making the cut. But the thing is, if he makes the cut, to me, he's playing decently enough to be higher up on the leaderboard. Mm -hmm. You know, I just can't imagine mm -hmm. if he makes the cut, he's going to be 50th. And so I sort of feel like if you have the confidence in him to make the cut, you should feel better about him 
uh, finishing higher than, than, than at the bottom. Um, but it, there's so many unknowns with this right now. You know, Tiger has never missed a cut at the Masters as a pro. And, um, you know, it is, it is an easier field probably to make the cut. There's probably 20 guys who have no chance. Right. You know, so you've got 91 in the field. So that, that lessens it down to 70. And now he's really only got to beat 20, 20 guys to make the cut. So um, I, 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 I would probably side with him making the cut, but I also think he'll do, if he does, he's going to finish better than that. An entire chapter is devoted to the win in 97 that changed golf and, and Tiger Proof in the course and running away with it in 18 under the 25th anniversary. Uh, I, I just, I, if you can put it in the words and what you get into in the book, I mean, I, people couldn't believe what they were watching. He, just, he dominated, the thing was over and with the score that he put up and it was, you knew golf was changing right then and there. He's going to dominate. Yeah, I mean, that was the point in which we, we realized the Tiger that, that became was, was, was that week. You know, he was already immensely popular with, you know, he had won a few times. I mean, won all those U.S. Uh, amateurs. He had all that money that was thrown at him by Nike when he turned pro. Some, of it, some people questioning that. But the way he won the Masters just set the scene for the way his career was going to go. And, uh, you know, he had a... He had a nine-shot lead going into the final round. And the final, so in other words, it was a foregone conclusion he was going to win. And that final round still had one of the highest-rated final rounds ever at the Masters. People were glued to it no matter what. And, and as we've seen since, pretty much any time he plays, the ratings spike big time. So, yeah, that, that was sort of the beginning of, of the Tiger legend that, that week. Golf's most fascinating rivalry, Tiger and Phil. Bob Herrig, our guest. Sports Illustrated, pick up the book, Follow the Money, Polly and Mitch Visa and the Esports Betting Network. Can you throw in this tidbit here about, again, the rivalry and, and the Rich Beam story and how Tiger reacted after a loss, which I cannot believe? You know, in researching the book, I, I knew some things. You know, I knew some stuff that I had heard or whatever that I went to try to confirm. That story I had never heard. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible to me, like, like it just sort of somebody told it to me randomly, and then I confirmed it with Rich Beam actually, who said to me, <laughs> and Fred Funk was the one who told him. He said to me, every time I see Fred Funk, he reminds me of that, and we have a laugh about it. And basically, what happened was in '02 at, at Hazeltine, Tiger had his great year that year. He won the first two majors. Um, he he um, he went to the British Open and and had a had a chance after two rounds, and then. For the first time, didn't break 80 in any tour round. He shot 81 in horrible weather at Muirfield and finished way back. But he comes back to the PGA Championship, and he's in contention. Uh, and, but he's chasing Rich Beam, who was having a hot summer. He had won a couple times earlier. And Rich Beam's in the last group with Justin Leonard, and Tiger's in the group in front with Fred Funk. And on the back nine, Beam had a six-shot lead. Tiger birdied the last four holes to make it interesting. So Beam's on the 18th tee. He's got a two-shot lead, or, you know, Tiger's finished up ahead with another birdie. Knows he's just got to make a bogey to get it in to win. And he was a little shaky. It wasn't disastrous, but he did. He made a bogey. He had to make about a two-footer on the 18th green to, to win by one over Tiger. And Tiger's in scoring, watching on a monitor with Fred Funk. And, and when he finished... You know, Beam did a little jig on the green, and obviously he's won. 
And Tiger stood up and he kind of did a fist pump. And, and, and Funk said to him, Tiger, what are you doing? Like, you know that he just won, right? Like, you're not tied. And he goes, yep, I know. He goes, that's Rich Beam one, Bill Mickelson zero. And then he just <laughs> walked out. And it was weird. It was a weird flex. I mean, like, yeah. it is true. At that time, Phil had not won a major. Tiger had eight. But, like, it kind of gives you the mindset of where Tiger and Phil were. I mean, Tiger clearly knew that Ty, uh, Phil was a great player, would be a threat, was going to be, you know, difficult at times. And I think he sort of relished in the fact that he was struggling still. Wow, what a know? story. And uh, he didn't, didn't mind keeping his rival farther away. Yeah, no kidding. Quickly, who do you like to win this week? I've been saying Justin Thomas. Because I don't put a lot of stock in what in the winners the last month or six weeks. It's not very often that a guy wins in Florida and then wins the Masters. You know, it's if you go back and look, it's pretty rare. And you know, so Scotty Scheffler's on a great run right now, and I understand why people like him playing well. You think his there'd be great momentum. You know, um, you know, Cam Smith had a great win at the Players Championship. Hasn't played since. Um, you know, it's hard to win. It takes a lot out of you when you do win or when you're in contention. So I kind of like the guys who are playing decently but haven't won. And that's where Justin Thomas comes in. He just missed a playoff by a shot at the Valspar. He's kind of annoyed at himself for not having won in over a year. Um, and yet he's been playing decently enough to maybe win. If he can get a hot putter, I like him this week. Very good. Uh, excellent job with the book. Good luck with it, and uh, enjoy the tournament this week. Again, it's called Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most uh, Fascinating Rivalry by Bob Herrick. Bob, thank you so much for the time today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Bob. That was superb. Tiger to finish one stroke, now 1-20. to 20. Okay, and up next, Mad Dog Russo on his favorite Major League Baseball win totals. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, 
I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.